Hi, I'm Mary Lyons, the Wealth Woman. And I'm Eric Alexander with Acorn Grove. And welcome to the Big Wealth Podcast. Big pause there for me, right? I mean, I, I feel like you just dropped a bombshell here. Right. Um, and so Acorn Grove, talk to me. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So for, you know, we're not doing anything different. We're just doing it differently yep. uh, is probably the right way to say that. So, you know, you and I have had sort of a longstanding sort of um, love, hate, love, respect relationship with sort of the industry that we live in and that we operate in because it's very restrictive in what we can say and do and talk about and and anything can be construed as a guarantee. And so it's just, it's very restrictive in how we talk about stuff and the education that we bring because sort of everyone's watching and and we want to make sure that we stay within the bounds of like, not doing stupid stuff, not saying stupid things. Yeah, I like this career. I want to do it for a really long time. Thank you very yeah, much. Right. Well, and it's the promise that we make to clients all the way through. Is that like, we're not dating anymore. We're, we're getting married. We're going to be in this relationship for a long time. And so I need to be in the industry for a long time because I want to be there for your whole life. I want to be here for this, this journey that you're on. Um, and so one of the things that you and I have been working towards is how do we create an entity that allows us to do the education component and to be sort of full-throated with the education, the understanding, the strategy, the nuance that comes in the industry, um, and to do that in a different way than we could if we were talking about it a little differently, if we were if we were in that in that uh, suitability realm or compliance realm. Well, and I, I think the way to explain this, so um, so Benchmark Income Group, which is the company that we both operate through from an advice perspective, is right. still in existence and we are still working with them. Right. However, education and advice are two totally different things in our right. industry. So you you as a consumer, right, it may be really easy to look at that and be like, isn't it the same thing? But from a regulatory standpoint, it's not because right. advice is custom it's just for you, given your specifics, and it is this is what you specifically need to do right now, given the entire context of your situation. Whereas right. education is broader, I think, is yeah, the, more generic. the way to yeah to say it is that it is information that you can take in, and then you need to speak to an advisor about right. whether or not it actually makes sense for you in your particular situation, and so. The way our industry works, if we are giving advice, we are regulated in a very specific way, but it is possible to have an outside business activity that is disclosed to the regulatory bodies that is specifically for education where right. no advice is given. And so right. one of the things that we have kind of come to realize as we've been doing these podcasts and social media and TV appearances and writing articles is that really staying firmly in that education space, unless we're actually in a one-on-one -on -one client meeting with all right. the context is really, really important. And so the, the wealth woman persona, that's me, and the entity mm -hmm. itself are really geared specifically towards the education component. And now Eric has a corn grove, right. which is his education component. And so, right. um, so you're going to hear that I think pretty frequently moving forward, right. uh, but I want to make sure that everybody kind of understands the difference between advice and an education and everything that we're doing on this show is education. It's not advice. 
Correct. And it is definitely stuff that you need to think about in the context of your bigger picture and talk to an actual advisor to figure out if it could be good advice for you and your situation. Right. And the running joke we always have is every question we get, the answer is always, I don't know, it depends. It depends. Um, and so none of that changes, right? Every every sort of set uh, set of education or idea or concept ends with, this may not be appropriate for you. This is a concept. Go talk to somebody that that knows you, know your your, your no, world, sure. your situation, and your specifics, right? Because right. everything's a cool idea until it's not appropriate for you. Well, and I think this is really key because when you look at what happens, and one of our, I think, I think we've probably vocalized the frustration before, sure. is that from a regulatory perspective, when you have both your insurance and your investment licenses. There's a lot of things, there are a lot of things that you cannot say, or you cannot say in a specific way, um, or that have to have, you know, lots of caveats and, right. you know, words like potentially and could possibly, and that sort of thing to make sure that there is not something promissory or a construed guarantee that doesn't actually exist contractually, all of that type of stuff. And we then them, we call them weasel words. We weasel words. And then, you know, you go on social media and you see people doing all kinds of stuff on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. Um, and a lot of times, you know, even even big time, well-known national names and the financial education, entertainment, edutainment, whatever you want to call it, space <laughs> that say things on their websites or on their shows that if I said I would, I would literally either lose my license or have a big giant fine for having said something like that. Um, and you see it all over the place. And so part of what I feel like the reason that you and I started doing this podcast in the, the first place, it was definitely a big role in this, is right. that there was a lot of information out there. And it is really, really difficult to figure out what information you should pay attention to and right. what information you should discard. And so from that standpoint, I think making sure that whoever you're listening to for your financial education, do a little research, make sure they're actually fully licensed to give advice as well. Right. Because what that actually means is that the education that they're providing is probably more in alignment with what they can actually talk about from a regulatory standpoint. Whereas if someone doesn't have licenses or only has an insurance license or a real estate license, the way that they are regulated is entirely different and, and much less stringent or strict. And so, you know, if, if you're, if you're looking at their marketing and it says, quit your job and replace your income in six months, that's a pretty dangerous claim. And I would almost guarantee somebody making that claim is probably not being regulated at a particularly high level. Right. I know I would get slapped <laughs> if I said something like that. Right. Right. Unless you walked in the door and said, I've got $10 million in the bank. I'm tired of my job. I'd like to quit tomorrow. It's like, well, okay, maybe we could pull that off. But but that would be under the context of the individual situation exactly. and could actually be given <laughs> as advice from the advisor. Exactly. And so- I, I think <laughs> I think this is so key. But what I'm excited about, Eric, is that 
you're sort of stepping into this space where you can broaden your reach now. And it's not all one-on-one conversation with clients. You're doing right. some bigger things right now. Can can you talk about some of what Acorn Grove is doing? Yeah, it's uh it's pretty exciting. And it's it's a dream that I think you and I have been talking about for, I don't know, 17 and a half years, longer than I've actually known you, right? So that couldn't be possible. But <laughs> we've been talking about it for a long time of how do we provide better education? Um, better reach more people. Well, and reach more people, but do it in a way that's, that's efficient, right? There's, there's only one of me, there's only 27 hours in a day. And there's like, there's only so much I can go do. And so how do we sort of broaden that reach and broaden the impact that we can have on the community at large and, and sort of, you know, in a very cheesy existential way, but how do we save more lives? Uh, Because I I think we really, it's not cliche for us to say that we really do. I, I want to go change the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of what we're doing is sort of built around that idea of how do we build in mastermind groups and, and accelerator groups that we can bring more people in, share advice, sh- not advice, share no, education. No, education. Be very clear here. Share education. You're uh, fired, Eric. I'm yeah. sorry. You're, you got to bifurcate. This is education. This only. is education. But really that education and, and part of the, the first group that we're launching is really for entrepreneurs, right? They're coming into the world they're doing their thing. They're they're entrepreneuring, if if that's mm-hmm. a new word. And so many of them spend all day long trying to go grow a business, and they have no idea what to go do with it. They're the dog that chases the car, and like, holy crap, I actually built something that's making revenue. Now what do I do with it? And they're running so fast on the other side that they've just they're leaving a trail of dead bodies on the other end, and they're they're not sure how to go put it together, how to make it work, how to eventually get out of that job because they can't handle that pace forever. Right. Um, and so really that this that first round of this, this accelerator is aimed at that that group of people that have like, how do we go help you build systems so that you can exit in a really cool way and build you a scorecard so that you know the things you need to track in a really concise way. And then you're done financing and you get to go build your business. Like the mission is to get you out and get you the education so you could at least look through that lens in a smarter way. Well, what I find to be fascinating is how frequently I talk to entrepreneurs who are so focused on growing their business that they are not actually setting themselves up for an efficient exit because they're thinking about the business only and whatever that multiple is going to be and a giant lump sum, a net worth number, right? Um, As opposed to really thinking about when I make this exit, how is it going to translate into sustainable income? at optimal rates for the remainder of my life, right? And right. and people don't think about that frequently until after they've sold their business. But what I love about what you're talking about is this is sort of a, a space um, where they can start thinking about that so that the moves they are making financially right. are actually really driving different results moving forward. And the second piece that I love about what you're doing is the community aspect of this, because as a business owner myself, and I know we've talked about this on numerous occasions, dude, it's lonely at the top. And, and, you know, you think about what happens from the entrepreneur's perspective, you got to have it all together while you're at work, because you don't want to tell your employees, you don't know what you're doing. Right. And then you go home and you don't want to tell your spouse that you don't know what you're doing, because that creates fear and all kinds of conversations that then, you know, change maybe how you're right. approaching your business. Well, and, and you are don't we going to be tell... homeless tomorrow? 
Yeah. You don't want to tell your friends you don't know what you're doing. And you certainly don't want to tell all the vendors you're working with that you don't know what you're doing. And so unless you have this community of other entrepreneurs, how do you find the like-minded people that you can actually say, Hey, this is hard. What the heck? I don't, what, what's my next step? Am I thinking about this the right way and bounce it off people? So I love that you're creating that space. Well, and the other thing I'm excited about, because I deal with this at home, and I I think you deal with this at home, but you've been doing it longer than I have on that side, is most of the entrepreneurs I I know are married to people that are not entrepreneurial. Right. And so there is a a, uh, damn the torpedoes, we're going to make this happen. We're going to navigate these waters and build this big thing. And we're going to be on the hairy edge of going bankrupt every single day, but it's (laughs) going to be great and everything's going to be wonderful. And there is a there's a lovely human on the other end of that at home. That's like, yeah, but we need to pay the bills and we have kids and I don't want to be, we want to eliminate risk. Right. And so the big thing for me is that, and at the other end of that scorecard is everybody at home gets to see we're adulting. We're doing all the things that we need to do so that we're going to be bulletproof and we're going to be okay. And here's the money that we've set aside for me to go entrepreneur. And this money is, is that for that purpose? Because I, I gave it the office, right? I, I took care of all of us at home mm-hmm. and now I've got a permission slip to go be the entrepreneur without stressing out the people at home that want stability and, and trying think, to talk to both ends. I think that's so key, Eric, because even just thinking about my family members um, and thinking about like the stories I've heard from the different generations, including my grandfather's generation and Um, you know, thinking about his story where he built these massive businesses and then something changed economically or politically that was completely outside of his control. And um, just the idea of having built a, you know, multiple uh, like seven figure income or not income, but uh, net worth sales price, if you were going to do that. And then having it sort of dissolve because of something you couldn't control, um, you know, and I, and I think about that even with stories of other entrepreneurs that I have either met along the way, or I've talked to their attorneys or whatever it may be. I mean, I remember talking to an attorney who was working with, uh, I think a gentleman who had a huge portion of market share for uh, residential drywall going into 2008 when residential construction went to a screeching halt and how he had basically like taken over the state um, and was almost the only provider of drywall. And then overnight, you know, he's stuck with all these bills and inventory and no one's building. Um, And so there are situations like that where you do tremendous things as a business owner and then all that work is for what? Right. And so this idea that you can build out the stability in the plan so that whether the business sells or not, you have laid the right foundation to optimize the income on the back end and make sure that you aren't going bankrupt and on, you know, selling everything and starting over. Sometimes I've met entrepreneurs who've had to do that more than once. Um, That's really brilliant stuff and it's important stuff. Well, and I think it's fun because I, I, I really, you know, I had this conversation the other day with a friend of mine. I said, I think that the backbone of the industry and the backbone of our society is that small business owner. Like that's where the innovation, like if you want to see where the market's going, watch the small companies, not the big ones. And so it it is the sort of seed of innovation and the seed of that, that growth in the economy. And it's, 
you know, my, my running joke is that old line from Greece, right? If I can't be an athlete, I'd like to be an athletic supporter. And so, you know, what a cool job that we get to have of, of being able to be at the forefront and helping these people get launched. And, and I get this cool gig of getting to watch it all and like getting to be a part of a bunch of different jobs for which I'm not suited to go do, but I get to be a part of it all and like cheer these people on. And it's, it's just so neat. So. Well, and I'm going to brag on you here for just a, a minute, Eric, because, you know, I, I, um, I think sometimes as we like make jokes about you being a recovering engineer or, or that type sure. of thing is that, I think a lot of times, and also because of how humble you are, people don't realize how absolutely creative you really are. And, um, and I think that what you're doing right now is particularly important for entrepreneurs in this educational front, because you look at things in a radically different way than most people. You ideate, you think about things, you're strategic, you're, you're all of those things. But then because of the engineer's brain, you have this ability to build and design these really eloquent systems that are easy to use, that allow people to create efficiencies that they never even would have realized could exist. Sure. And then the way you teach it because of your gift is very like methodical and it builds on itself. And so, you know, I, I think anybody that decides to go through your accelerator, um, man, I can't say enough good things about you and how you would teach it and what they're getting because it's um it's rare that you find somebody with your gifts. And I know that because I have worked with you for a really, really long time. I mean, I think about our industry and how many people come into this and they're driven by ego. And you just come from this place of complete humility and service to others. And how can I make other people's lives better? And you do it in a way that um, is really inspiring. And so I, I, I hope that for anybody who's listening to this, that is an entrepreneur that maybe is feeling a little bit lost about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Like you understand the entrepreneur's heart because being in this business, especially the way you and I came up where there were no salaries and you had to carve out your market share from scratch right. yeah, we both and you're did. running your own P&L and doing all of that kind of thing and have been for 15 years. Like, how cool is it to have somebody who can educate you, who understands at a deeply personal level what you're actually going through and has the power to parse through all of that mess to give you a simple like, okay, cool. Now, you know, my situation, here's what we can actually do with it. I mean, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about that. And I'm, Thanks. I, I'm going to have a moment here where I say this, and I'm going to sound like a total mom, right? But um, <laughs> I'm really proud of you for stepping oh, outside you. of the comfort zone and launching this because dang, the world needs it. That, that world oh, of entrepreneurial space, they need this education. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think they, they needed the cheerleader, right? At some point, which I hope is, and and the hope that they're not in it by themselves, right? What's the what's the old joke about franchises, right? You're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think having that team, and and you're a huge part of that, right? That's, and that's the brilliant part of what you said at the very beginning, because you say a number of brilliant things. But it, the the benchmark income group of advisors doesn't go away. Like this right. is just the education arm, and so. As people get the education and the idea and the concept and the systems, it's 
okay, now what? And it's like, well, the, we have a team of all these amazing people that you've built out that we get to go help you launch that. Or if you've got your own people, go, go launch it that way. But it's, it's not a pat on the rear end. And I think you got this, go get them. It's, you know, it's the ability to kind of help shepherd them through that every step of the way, which is kind of cool. So, right. I do you want to talk a little bit about some of the things that I know you've got some things cooking, but I don't know if you're far enough I, along. We'll do that in another podcast. Okay. I, we'll get there. <laughs> well, I know, <laughs> it'll it'll come out eventually. Way. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I, I think the thing that's really key here is that the, you can't beat the educational component of this. And um, I, I had a, an interesting conversation, not with an entrepreneur, but with a potential client a couple yeah. weeks ago. And um, they were talking about how stressed out they were, how they haven't made money a priority, how, you know, they have a multiple six figure job, but they feel like they're living paycheck to paycheck, like yeah. they can't really ever get ahead. And I asked them to talk to me a little bit about what they were currently spending their money on. And um, there's a lot of trips and stuff like that. Lots of experiences, which I absolutely love. But I asked them, how much did you spend on your last trip? And they were like, oh, $10,000. And I was like, how many trips did you go on last year? And they were like, oh, I did. I took four trips like that. And I'm like, okay, that's a lot of money. And then I said, right. well, how, how much time and money are you investing in your financial education so that you know what to do with your money so that you can create a life where you can still take those kinds of trips, but right. you aren't forced to like slog through work every single day. Cause she was right. very clear. She didn't love her job. And, um, and she was like, well, nothing. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I'm just, you know, what you focus on expands. And at some point, you know, most people, I think I read an article one time that said like 10% of the population is a do-it-yourselfer. If you're not a do-it-yourselfer, the right. best thing you can do is find resources that you feel comfortable with. And I mean that from an ethical and an educational standpoint, educational, I don't think that's actually a word. So I might've totally just discredited myself there. It's like entrepreneuring. Uh, it's not a real word. Entrepreneuring. Yeah. You know, Shakespeare uh, invented a lot of the words that you hear in his play. And so I'm just going to claim that this invention of new words is a sign of genius. Um, and you know, English say. is a fluid language. And so as yeah. words come to be evolved, you know, maybe it's just that we're shaping the English language and the financial trajectory of America at the same time. I don't right. know. But it's what like I will say market. is this, you know, you, you went over your pricing structure with me for this launch of Acorn oh, yeah. Grove. Yeah. And I'm just going to publicly say you're not charging enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I'm not saying that in a facetious kind of way, but I know what material you're putting out there. I know what it's worth. And yeah. you're getting the short end of the stick on this one, Eric, like sure. the, the value of the education that you are providing through that curriculum is insane. And um, yeah. I'm going to encourage you to raise your prices. And uh, at the same time, I am going to encourage our listeners to sign up now before he does. Because right? like, there, there's a lot going on here, but it's the beta um, program pricing, right? There you go. Right. I mean, yeah. except they aren't really the beta because this is curriculum that you've been teaching for years. Yeah, and we both have, right? Free. 
Yeah. We both have. Yeah. So, um, so Eric, if they want more information about your programs, where can they go? Um, we're, we're building all of that stuff out. So, I mean, the easiest way to be, to go do that would be DM on, uh, Instagram or LinkedIn, and then we'll get you all the, all the stuff, all the information. information, So, um, to that end, what is your Instagram, Facebook, whatever, where they can DM you? (laughs) It'll still be economics with Eric. So that, that didn't change in this transition, which is really kind of cool. Um, and then it'll be Acorn Grove on LinkedIn. It'll just be the name of the company. So, and then that goes to me because I am Acorn Grove, I guess. (laughs) You are Acorn Grove. I I am Acorn Grove, right? (laughs) Um, And then where can they find you? I know you're, I know you're expanding some of that as well. We're both in that transition. Same place as always. You can find me at the wealth woman, wherever you social media. And, and be careful DMing me right now. I might redirect you to Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on what you're asking for, right? That's awesome. Thank you guys guys for joining us. We really appreciate you. you. Bye.